Hello, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is Bratchet. A Tudorfire listener inquired about this word, and I tell you true, it is a word we use often. I love to hunt, as does my gracious mistress Elizabeth the Queen. Her Majesty has a fine pack of dogs that run with us as we chase our prey. Among them is a cunning Bratchet who can scent out any prey with her formidable nose. She has a soft coat, ears that prick up at any command, and she can run for miles. I call this dear Bratchet Diana, as she is indeed a canine queen of the hunt. Bratchet, how now, Tudor Files, what think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. And we want to thank at Brian Edwards 7142 for suggesting Bratchet as our Word of the Week. He says, I have a female Kelpie cross staffy. Could you do a video to clear up if she is, as I keep calling her, a Bratchet? Thank you, Brian Edwards 7142. And Tudor Files, don't miss a word. Listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. So diverting. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Tudor Files are an amazing bunch. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. Can you give us the spelling of Bratchet, Philadelphia? It is spelled B-R-A-C-H-E-T. Bratchet. Plural, Bratchets. It is a female hunting dog that hunts by scent. And in the Tudor period, a good Bratchet was a very valuable animal. Of course, we still love and value our doggles so much. But in the Tudor period, dogs had specific jobs. Hounds were used as hunting dogs. And also, dogs worked on the land with livestock. And they still do do that. And smaller dogs, particularly corgi-type dogs, were used in kitchens. They ran on wheels that turned the spit that the chicken or turkey or meat would be roasted on. And that, to me, just sounds so awful. I mean, these poor little corgis, they must have gotten so hot and their little feet singed. I mean, it's just awful. And I'm so glad we don't do that anymore. And of course, you know, there was dog and bear fighting, which was also gruesome and awful. Me too. I'm glad we don't do that now. It is true that many of our dogs have tasks and they do turn the spit and sometimes fight with bears. But we also have dogs whose only work is to be carried about and made much of. My gracious mistress Elizabeth has many pets. Her valiant mother, Anne Boleyn, had a particular affection for little dog Pourquoi. I've read that that lap dog might have been a Havanese, which is apparently a breed that originated in Cuba. Something like a Bichon. And apparently Havanese dogs have this habit of tilting their heads in a sort of like, why kind of head movement. And Pourquoi is why in French. That's sweet. I recall His Majesty King Henry VIII was also fond of his dogs, mainly beagles, spaniels, and greyhounds, and they wore elaborate collars to mark them out as the dogs of the king. Some of the collars had jewels on them. He had two particular favorite dogs, Cut and Ball. I do think the king was kinder to his canines than to his courtiers. He was an ogre, though now he is remembered as a great king. The use of our word bratchet 
comes from the tale of another famous king, King Arthur. It's from Thomas Mallory's Mort d'Arthur, which was written about 1470. Oh, it is a fine tale, full of the stories of knights and damsels, and gallant quests and tourneys, and sword fights, and many, many battles. It was so popular at the time, and Mallory is credited with bringing the idea of chivalry and courtly love to the English court. Henry VIII was very influenced by the work with all its jousting and tournaments. I had read so much about Mort de Arthur, and I've seen the illustrations that incredible people like Beardsley made. And, and I had this impression that it was all about gallantry and chivalry and worthy quests. And just that Arthur was this incredible moral king who we've never seen his like again. But when I read the Morta Arthur, I realized my perspective is very um, <laughs> modern because there's a lot of incredibly questionable behavior in Morta Arthur, especially by Arthur himself. There are a couple of tales of him setting upon other king's wives. And there's one story in which he sets upon another king's wife who turns out to be his sister. And she has a child named Mordred. And Merlin tells Arthur that Mordred is going to usurp him. And Arthur has all the noble male children born on that particular day drowned at sea. And miraculously, Mordred is saved from this fate. Arthur does a lot of very questionable things. And we talk about Guinevere and Lancelot being the baddies who bring the kingdom down with their lust. But Arthur is constantly lusting after other people's wives and doing really questionable things. We think of Arthur as being very, very good. But then it turns out Arthur is like King Herod in the Christian Bible when Herod has all the male babies slaughtered. Yeah, I know. It's, it really surprised me. I guess accidentally sleeping with your sister and having male babies slaughtered and lusting after other people's wives. They're not necessarily the tales of King Arthur that have come to us from Beardsley or Walt Disney or The Sword in the Stone. Yikes. It may be that King Arthur was a complicated man, but kings must make terrible choices for the good of their realms. Okay, we are not comfortable with that kind of thing now. Some things are much better now. Anyway, Philadelphia, Let's get back to the use of the word Bratchet in the book. Well, the Bratchet in the Morta Arthur is a very important dog and a noble one. In fact, the Bratchet has her own quest, the quest of Sir Tor and the Bratchet, and it begins thus. How at a feast of the wedding of King Arthur to Guinevere, a white hart came into the hall and thirty couple hounds and how a Bratchet pinched the heart which was taken away. Then was the high feast made ready, and the king was wedded at Camelot unto Dame Guinevere in the church of St. Stephen's with great solemnity. And as every man was set after his degree, Merlin went to all the knights of the round table and bade them sit still, that none of them remove. For you shall see a strange and a marvellous adventure. Right, so as they sat there, came running in a white heart into the hall, and a white bratchet next him, and thirty couple of black running hounds came after with a great cry, and the heart went about the table round as he went by the other boards. The white bratchet bit him in the buttock and pulled out a piece, where through the heart leapt a great leap and overthrew a knight that sat at the broadside, and therewith the knight arose and took up the bratchet, 
and so went forth out of the hall, and took his horse and rode his way with the brachet. Right, so anon came in a lady on a white palfrey, and cried aloud to King Arthur, Sir, suffer me not to have this despite, for the brachet was mine that the knight led away. I may not do therewith, said the king. Oh, the brachet ends up leading the good Sir Tor on such a chase. I do love the tales of Arthur. So, Brian, thank you for suggesting the word, and a big hug for all the good brachets, lapdogs, and all the other doggles out there. Indeed. So give heed to the files, add some 16th century sauce to your pet's life with Bratchet. Listen in next time, don't miss a word, subscribe on YouTube, and give me a like. Thank <laughs> you.